right, so we want to uh, say hello and welcome folks to another installment of the Dismount Podcast, and today we are on episode four, and we are discussing, discussing, peace of mind or peace on earth, how the two could correlate, how the two could not correlate, how are they vastly potentially different, and... Essentially, what do they? What do those statements truly mean to you? So, to start things out, I would say we defined what peace really means to each of us. And for me, I'll, I truly believe right now that peace is walking through life without any, without being affected at all by distractions or negativity or darkness per se and that's kind of what peace defined is defined to me right now so Derry, what's your what's your take what yeah i think it's like it's not its own thing it's like a lack of other things happening like you said it's like a lack of darkness or a lack of anxiety or issues in your life or I guess that's where we break into the the you know singular of the the kind of plural of the piece if it's you know the, across the world, but um, I find it as something where you know like it, there's a there's a stillness and a calmness and a lack of things that clash with peace. Like like peace itself is like there's like a nothingness to it. Yeah, you know. So I think it's a lack of more than its own thing. I like that. I like that a lot. Titty, what's your take on peace? I think. Uh peace as far as like the global side of it i would say that just as far as groups it's necessary to have some form of alliance towards a common goal and that goal being not isolating to the point where there's like an in-group and out-group like we're programmed for tribalism that's just how it works and there's countless examples throughout time imperialism as far as it goes um United States, we would have wars with like, Great Britain and stuff, but I think once we kind of have alliances like we did among all the colonies, that's how we move towards peace. Something like, okay, we have a common enemy, and that enemy, if it's not a person, it's like fighting towards something. I think that's how we get closer to peace is, you know, we're all working together towards something. And if it's not against another human being, I think that's, you know, very close to striving towards peace as far as we can get. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You know, at one point in time, peace to me meant living without fear. And I re and like complete absence, like you were saying, peace is almost the essence of other things being completely non-existent. And you I, the two of you in a previous episode that we did really kind of transitioned my thought process on that almost and we were talking about healthy relationships with all the spectrum of emotions so for instance your whole scenario on this coming together and unifying against maybe one potential darkness um I believe that there, if we were to accomplish that, there should still be in the back of our minds 
just that slight fear, like as a nice driving force that we don't want to go back to where we were before. You know, if we do one, two, three things, we might end up right back into the scenario of where we were to where we fought so hard to get back out of. So I think there should always potentially be that, you know, healthy relationship with every different spectrum of your ego. Whereas you are in control, you know, the fear doesn't drive you, you drive the fear. Uh, and with any of the different emotions. So that, that would lead me into asking what is peace of mind and what is peace on earth? And because peace of mind to me, I believe is the first step towards peace on earth. And I do believe they are very connected and I think it's going to take the majority of the collective of us being here to finally have peace of mind to be able to achieve something like peace on earth. So I ask you gentlemen, and I'll ask you first, Titty, what do you believe the two are connected? I do. I believe um, almost, I wouldn't even use the word verbatim, very closely similar to what you were describing. I believe that inner peace is, I'll use this in kind of like an interesting catchphrase. I think inner peace is a requirement for outer peace among the collective unconscious or collective conscious. I think that as long as there are people who don't have inner peace, there's always going to be those people or group of people who have a chip on their shoulder. A uh, great example is, um, I might talk about wars a lot in this, but I think it's kind of like a figure ground type of thing. One is necessary to understand the other. Oh. Um, like World War One led Germany down a hole. You know, they, I don't know if I would use the word bankrupt, but they were so down that it led them into World War Two, where they were still disgruntled and they were like, this is all Jewish people's fault, and we're going to go uprise um, against the rest of the world. We're going to take over. We're going to ally with these people, and then we're going to become a superpower. <clears throat> I think as long as there's people who have a chip on their shoulder and that kind of insecurity type of way, it's going to be a threat to global peace always. And um, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles to get over is – just history and baggage left over from history, whether it's your own internal history or your nations, or you might have too much pride. Um, something I was saving for later. I think it's a good, good thing to branch off of in the beginning is uh, that age old saying where, what is it? It's poverty brings peace. Peace brings prosperity. Prosperity brings pride. Pride brings war. War brings poverty. And it just comes back time and time again throughout cultures. And uh, as you get further up and ahead, I mean, if you look at the national or um, global stage right now, that's what we're facing right now is we have all these different nations who are getting further advanced in technology and nationalism. Not advanced in nationalism, but it's becoming more prominent. Yeah. So I think in a roundabout way of answering i think that 
as long as we have individuals or groups of individuals that do not have inner peace, it will always be a threat towards outer peace. Right. Oh, that's that's just my take on on that. The the connection is obviously there, right? Like the the inner peace is just is something that, when achieved by the collective, will then turn into like the 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 outer peace or the 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 peace on earth. The peace of mind is obviously an inner battle, and then the peace on earth is seen as an outer battle. But I think a lot of people would probably go like, "Oh, yeah, to achieve peace on earth." How many people are, are, are starting that conversation by looking at what they can do to change the the structure of, of peace on earth? A lot of people might say, oh, we need to work about feeding, you know, the, the famished or ending war. And those are all things that I completely agree with. But those are all things that I don't think a singular person like you know any of us in this room could actually really change by themselves. It's too big of a, a bite to, you know, chew. It's yeah. Yellow for a single person. So I think what's interesting is, you know, I, and, and, you know, it's not pointing fingers. It's something I probably look at myself is that with that battle, it's obviously connected. If, if the collective conscious, like we talked about like last episode, like that, like that meter of like when, when, you know, something's accepted as reality, that it becomes reality after a certain point. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, that, that acceptance of, of inner peace, if you get that, you know, that, that meter going in that direction, that's going to lead to, to things changing more than it would be for someone to say, well, to achieve world peace, we need to, you know, we house the poor and, and, you know, save the dolphins and, you know, whatever it may be. And like, I, I just don't think that's it. I think that for that to ever come to fruition is starting with that inner peace in yourself. And then that will reflect out and, and hopefully, you know, I think that's every battle that, you know, someone can fight. And, and I think that's a battle that most people don't want to bring on to themselves either. No, but it's, it's, that's the one that can change or, or do the most for like the people around you would be the battle that you fight for yourself. Cause no one else can fight that for you either. Yeah. Well, I, I, I saw just a, I saw it on display, you know, the, the non inner peace, you know, I have not been in a church for a very long time. And I went to my uh, cousins, um, who's my godchild. I went to her confirmation the, uh, last week. And people want to see their kids get confirmed and stuff like that. And this mother must have been in the back wanting to see her kid get confirmed. But the ba- her baby was pretty making some noise, okay? And these people behind us who obviously supposedly religious, supposedly very whatnot, are like, you need to shut that damn baby up. You should get out. Why? You should You should take yourself out of here if you have that going on. And it's just like, holy crap, man. Like, you literally are going, like, the whole concept of Jesus is to be accepting and understanding and have patience with people. Things that you can keep inside yourself. You don't need to, like, it's just like, that's like that vile, like, like it's anything. Like, you know, when you, you know, you say something to your girlfriend, you should have said, like, cause yeah. you just get pissed off and, and like, it's just that, that vile spew of like some like freaking spiritual demon just getting, ex- you know, exerted out of your body. Like, like there's just something that's in there and you have to get it out. And that's the way it comes out. Like that negative energy needs 
uh, a release and the release just happens to be you at a confirmation shut the fucking baby up yeah, right i'm like holy crap so like to me that just that just literally shows that is the uphill battle that we are fighting you know the the peace of mind first is going to be the uphill battle we're fighting the you you me go off into a dark room beat up our own demons beat up our own egos walk out of that dark room and have now just going to live in love you know and that's that's so hard yeah. nowadays because look at all the distractions the distractions are abundant like we're all trying to live this life where we have this abundance for ourselves of love and wealth and prosperity and all that kind of stuff but holy crap the distractions are even more abundant right now at least it seems like that yeah. you know i mean you shut the news off uh a, a great dude who i follow his name is uh, along on his journey is uh jesse itzler and he's doing a he's doing a bike across america right now and his post uh the other day was it said if you want to if you want to see how dark the world is turn on the news or if you oh i'm sorry if you want to hate our country turn on the news if you want to love our country get on a bike and ride across it because you'll see all the beauty you'll meet all the fantastic people you'll see all the gloriness of what is here and that is not what makes us truly up because those distractions are just immenseful sex it's everywhere you know man it's our parents they did not have access to the amount of stuff that we have access to you can go on your phone at any point in time you can watch pornography now that's another distraction that pulls you away from making those deep deep connections with a significant other that you want to have those sexual relations with or take it to that level of a sexual relation i mean and then Look at all the different movements. And I'm not against these movements because they are rooted in good stuff, but they lose they lose their focus really fast. Like, for instance, there is a massive toxic movement that is moving through the United States. And what it is attacking it is it's attacking the family dynamic. And you can see this on display in so many different TV shows. The Simpsons, American Dad, uh, family guy the dad isn't like even american dad like he's a cia or like special ops like dude but he's an absolute goober you know yep. like they're literally attacking the male dynamic so hard to make to like literally make us feel like we're horrible people you know so where do you like how do you just how do you fight off that stuff? Because even so, like another with this with the sex, how many freaking movies are about losing your virginity? And if you don't lose your virginity by X amount of time, you're the weirdo who's now the 40 year old virgin. You know, we got Porky's. We got 16 Candles. American we got pie. Superbad, American Pie. All what these movies. Porky's. Oh, <laughs> Porky's is a great Porky's is American Pie of 1980s. 80s. So they literally go. They're like some kids who live down and like I'll mess it up, but it's probably like an Alabama or something like that. And they go to this backwoods. There's a place called Porky's, which is like the strip club. 
and they're trying to like basically get a have hooker. Sex. Yeah, they're yeah. trying to have sex with hookers. Nice. And sneak in to like this whole situation. As like seventeen year olds, not even eighteen year olds. <laughs> I think so, seventeen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're still underage and whatnot. So and yeah, it's what happened. It's, right. it's 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 an interesting movie. It's an interesting movie. Anyway. But that that's it's been every generation. There's just been an iteration yeah, of the like, same it, exact story. It's yeah, yeah, but I mean, get, getting what you're getting at is like the hierarchy of what's actually important and what like a human can perceive as important is is definitely skewed very early on and now more than ever probably. Like, especially distraction wise, like if you're like if you're like driving a car down a highway, and like the amount of like just some, just think of like the journey it takes to drive a car somewhere, like on a long road trip. And the amount of things that we perceive on like said journey, like nowadays, like, okay, like I am going to, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get out and, and exercise today. And like the amount of things on that highway of, of exercising is so crazy right now. Cause it used to be like, you know, 20 years ago, you're like, okay, I don't have anything to fucking do. Like, I'm just going to go and exercise. Now it's like, oh, you have your TV in front of you, you have your phone that just completely can I have like probably eight notifications now from when I just turned it over. Like the amount of things that take you away from what you're doing, like no wonder attention deficit is that like it perceives at an all time high. And yeah. probably because it's not medically like I don't think people are wired that way. I think that they are getting rewired to be like that because there's just so many like short-term gratification dopamine hit bullshit out there that nothing is really meaningful and like you're just kind of like using distractions as like these little quick hits to get you know the the, the short-term gratification but on the long term it's like it's taking away from things like exercising or or you know meditation or or sitting with yourself and, and battling that shit most people don't want to have that conversation with themselves so they use that kind of shit to, to get it out of the way right you know it, it, it's rough but um yeah i don't know i think i think a lot of it though is too like you have to want to have that journey you want to have to like like no one makes you go on you know a fucking porn hub but you like you do it like no one sits there and like all right Derek, come on it's time for us to watch porn and yeah. fucking little guy puts his arm around you and we all right what are we gonna want no it doesn't, it doesn't happen <laughs> right, right that was fucking sitting you down and, and doing yeah, there's that no little guy on your shoulder who's uh, you yeah, know yeah. abe lincoln or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know yeah no one's there there is that's you like that's just you and like i mean i think systematically like the the outer piece is hard because like it, it's easy for me to say like yes if everyone just worked on themselves the world would be a different place and it would but that wouldn't change all the systematic things that are built around not achieving peace. It almost seems like systematically, like it, there is just a construct built to, you know, completely stay away from whatever peace would be. Peace doesn't make a lot of money, probably, uh, for for big corporations and 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 you know one percent type folk who you know don't see profit in peace. And I think that's a lot of it. I think you're, you, you know, you can battle yourself and we could sit here and talk about, you know, how I can, you know, change what I eat or things I do. And I think that, you know, that's great, but, you know, and again, it will change a lot, but I think there is still a lot of systematic shit out there that is going to kind of hinder that at a, at a certain rate. You can only get so far without actually changing 
like the foundation our society is built on too. No kidding. And that's that's the big the big one. Like you can get to a certain point, but then it has to be accepted that like, okay, now we actually have to implement real change. You know? Like there's like shootings every day now. There's another one yesterday. Some dude got out of his car and just started shooting people at a mall. Just and and, and dude, there's a video. Crazy. The guy just gets out and starts mowing down people with a gun. Whatever. We're we're desensitized to that now. Honestly, that's horrifying, but like we're completely desensitized to that. I I again like just like just like the the, the porn thing, it's the same thing. Like I don't think your parents probably saw anyone actually die. And now you can go on Twitter right now and just watch videos of people getting mowed down with guns. Yeah. And that's uh yeah, that's not good for, for the business of peace. But but the thing is there is like I don't think anyone has an answer for that. And like I think there's just like this this, you know, this real vile combination of like money and ego and you know, genuine lack of giving a fuck for anyone but yourself in this country. And it's really showing like the video is, is nuts. This particular one. I just, I just fucking, that's why I have to stay off the internet. Cause I don't need to see that shit. Cause that guy is right. When you yeah. go on the internet, you'll see the worst of it. But I think it's hard to ignore things like that. Like you kind of have to, you, you can only, I, I think one thing that's funny about peace is, is the ignorance part of it. Ignorance is bliss. If, if I ignore it. Yeah. It doesn't make it go away. No, you're and, 100% correct because... One second, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you're watching this Rank. video and and this dude gets out and and the first car, dude's driving a freaking Yukon Denali could have turned out and just completely splattered this dude. He turns the other way and, and flies away as the guy continues to smoke people down in a parking lot. And like, I'm not saying like that guy had a, you know, obligation to drive his freaking, you know, pickup truck into the back of this guy who was killing innocent people. But, um... I mean, it does go to show you like where where some people are. And I, I, I'm not gonna pick on someone like that. You have family and friends. You see someone, you have your kid in the car. You're not gonna risk your life for that. I get that, but it just goes to show you like the like that genuine lack of like you know of empathy for others or whatever it may be, and like not wanting to be there for for other people. And like, I mean, like I don't know what they're gonna do about a gun situation in this country. I think I think if that situation was ever gonna get figured out, it would have by now. I don't think it's going to go away. I think that literally shows how much that what's all going on right now in the world is such a spiritual battle. It is. It's such a mental spiritual battle that we are honestly fighting. You know, I don't, I don't think that we live in this world where this is all a fake program and we're, I wake up and I'm going to be Neo in a freaking like orb and I'm like, wake up out of this like jelly, jelly substance. Like I think the programming, like you said, is these videos allowing this stuff to be out there and show this stuff. Like I don't want to be the guy who is like trying to see things from every single different angle but I'm also the guy who spent the last eight years being a project manager in like union contracting. Yeah. And my job is literally to look at things from every single different angle to like figure out what is, what are we going to deal with? Like, what are the X, Y's and Z's that are going to come on this project? You know, you can never plan for the X, Y, and Z, but if you think about it already from the get go, like, Oh, well, if we do this, this and this, and this goes wrong, okay, this is the X 
or this is the Y that we might end up having to deal with. And yes, there's always going to be the Z and then there'll be crap after that. But that is exactly where we're in a spiritual battle, man. Yeah. I, I just, I really think that's how I feel. And it's so difficult to continue even having the time or feeling like you should go out and try to fight those battles on your own. And that whole concept of what they, what I feel by that situation is the spiritual battle is about us trusting each other. It's about having trust for someone that you've never met before and being able to just allow someone into your life. Like, for instance, that whole situation of being someone at that event that happened, that terrible event. That person potentially in that car is so programmed that, to th and I, I'm just making a broad spectrum. I'm not saying that this is what this guy was or, or person or whoever, female. That person is so potentially wired that they don't think that if I step forward and I make a move that anybody else is going to make a move behind me. And what I mean by that is we got one, we got one bad guy. We got a thousand victims, hundred victims that are being terrorized by this one person. It's honestly, it seems like even now it's coming to a point where it's like, well, if I step forward, is anybody else going to step with me? Like if I go, if I try to fight back, who's going to be on my side? Right. When all I'm trying to do is take out the evilness or the darkness. Yeah. You know, am I going to have any backup or is this going to be me fighting this battle yeah. by myself? Yeah. It's just funny. It's, it's funny to see it that way because you, you, you want to fight that battle. But when like, like there's a, there's a couple, um, there's like a Microsoft Twitter, like AI bot. And then there was like, um, I think it was funny actually. Like there's AI for a long, it was a pretty long time. It was maybe like a few weeks, a month maybe. There's an AI built Seinfeld show on Twitch. 24 hours, never ending. It was actually a really cool concept. It was just AI was spewing out like really shitty animation of like the, the characters of Seinfeld. And then it was just a never ending loop of like, them living in the universe of Seinfeld and AI was just like whatever they're getting into. And it was kind of just programmed to like continue to build off itself. Wow. Yeah. There's like clips. You go watch it. The only issue is it ended with um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld doing stand up comedy and making really, really shitty transgender jokes. Okay. <laughs> and um, this is why I mentioned the Twitter bot too. Microsoft, like it took th this bot would just have conversations. You could tweet at it. It would talk to you on Twitter a few years ago. It took like under 24 hours for the people of Twitter who would like reply to it to make it like homophobic, racist, like the bot just start replying in really disgusting ways. And like, I think that that's like a really good way to look at like what is going on in our society right now. Like it just like it, it, it is so like kind of play with the the, the idea of, of like the simulation and, and what a, a computer program society would look like. Well, if you look at how, you know, these bots or whatever, maybe get programmed so quickly, like, and they get wired that way, like, 
who's to say like that's not the same thing that's happening here like you you get this point where like you know humans in our brains are very that's what makes us unique like the the soul and the brain like the the you know the fact that like we actually have and i think animals and you know have a consciousness too i'm not saying like yeah i, yeah, I truly yeah. believe that but i think it, it's funny because like you know you're kind of getting programmed at a certain point so like the way you mentioned it is like you know it's exactly right like we're programmed to we're so programmed the wrong fucking way right now to achieve these things of peace or even in yourself that like that battle is so rough to have and it's also so rare to see someone fighting it so it's just not even in our consciousness right now to be like oh that's something like it's almost seen as like like weird like you look at like a monk or somebody who like has shunned themselves away from like like Aaron Rodgers a quarterback like he did like a darkness retreat for like three days like went and like just sat in a candlelit room with nothing for like three days by himself I don't know it's maybe five days who knows it doesn't matter regardless regardless great like that's like those are the battles and that's crazy that someone with that stature is like open about that and and that's cool like I, 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 I acknowledge that and I think that's like that's something that a lot of people don't do but it's also like funny to see because i think a lot of people perceive that as like woo woo yeah like exactly right oh you're gonna go off into a dark room for three days what uh, a weirdo yeah what do you got come back i hope you don't throw any interceptions when you get back man you know jets need to win the super bowl this year but like i think there is like a lot of that like like we're so wired the wrong way right now and you're right when you see those like battles being had like it, it takes a it, it takes a a, a, a change of, of the way you perceive things to to acknowledge that and, and want to start going the right way like you're driving down the wrong side of the road <laughs> you eventually have to stop and turn around and go back the other way like yeah. it takes like a, a you know a, a way of acknowledging that and you that know, awareness that having that talked about is right. so difficult right having the awareness of of you know actually seeing where you are in, in that situation I think that's what makes this battle hard for for anyone and i think we've already agreed that like you're not going to get the the collective of the world without us fighting our individual battles i think like those battles are just so hard to have right now but that inner battle the inner peace that we're talking about i i truly believe it all starts it really starts and stems with one you have to finally want to make the change you have to finally want to be the change that you that you want to see in the world. Two, it's the diet. Three, it's what you're consuming outside of food. So your, your television, your social media, and all of that kind of stuff. And that would lead me into our next segment of how can we achieve peace of mind in this fast-paced world that we live in. And we'll go into... What are some of our like practical tips for potentially moving away from that? And to me, I truly, truly, truly believe this is the hardest part on this entire concept that we're talking about. And it's because of all the distractions. It's because of all this different stuff. But I, I don't know how, how do you continue to live and exist around other people who are stuck in their low vibrations, stuck in their low lower selves or their lower chakra, and not be sucked in yourself. You know, because 
Oh, every person who's ever pushed anything new in the world had to look like the crazy person until everybody couldn't prove them wrong. So, like, how do you guys think we actually achieve inner peace right now with this fast-paced world of all these distractions and all these different things and all this different craziness, potential programming? Like, what I meant by with the turning... That's why I've been really working on trying to figure out the best heavy metal detoxing um, because heavy metals actually are a lot of... They, they create a lot of inflammation in you as well. That's where the ice baths come into play of helping fight that inflammation and helping opening up those cells to then, if you're taking, like for instance, I'm starting to add cilantro and uh, chlorella into, my, into a smoothie later on in the day. And cilantro, now these are things that haven't been proven because they're not something that the medical field, you know, we're not going to go, we're not going to tell you, go eat cilantro, you know. Because <laughs> then we can't sell you the pills that we're going right. to give you. And, and right. I'm not trying to be a dick. I know I make the voice, and it, but it's hard for me to live in this world. It's hard like for me to live I like in this the voice. world. And like, I want that guy to be a return uh, guest on the, on the podcast. Like, it's just so, yeah. it's so difficult. <laughs> logic know? man. Logic man. Dr. Is logic coming But how do you, what do you guys believe? You should buy a house. I think I do have something. You can afford a house. Interject to bridge the gap between how we're trying to understand it and what do we do. Um, Because I was very fortunate and feel very blessed as I was thinking a lot of the thoughts. I had a little bit of brainstorming or mindstorming. Brain blast alert. And luckily, you guys, I was trying to listen and not be distracted and like, okay, don't think about what you're going to say. Just write it down and keep paying attention. Yeah, this podcast thing's fucking hard, dude. You it's guys. Like you got to like think and listen at the same time. Yeah, my girlfriend you. probably loves that I do this, dude. She's like, oh my God, like he actually is learning how to have a conversation. <laughs> I have a few things that I want to glue together. Um, glue them, baby. So I think there's a few points. Movies, they tend to have this dramatization of conflict. And then it causes unrealistic expectations. And this creates this cowboy universe where we're the cowboy. and Everyone else is the bad guy. And in instances where we need to feel significance, we've been belittled. That inner peace has been disturbed. And then that's how, or at least one of the factors contributing to mass shootings. I'm going to ignore the fact that any potential um, conspiracy, like that's there's mass shooters. I'm going to ignore that. Not even like, we're not even gonna. We're not even gonna address the fact that maybe they're paying these people to do this stuff. We're not even gonna put that out there. I don't ever want to think that that's happening. But just the cowboy universe, that good guy versus bad guy, and this dramatization. I love movies. You guys know how much I do. But concepts like we talked about a lethal weapon. Police officers don't actually go around just shooting every twenty minutes. That's not a realistic thing. They try to de-escalate as much as possible, but because of the news and movies, we get these unrealistic expectations that that's what you do. Like, bad guy. Oh, I need to stand up against the bad guy. Who's the bad guy? All these people that are in this class above me, I need to take them out because I've been unjustly treated. Just like the Joker. If you watched Joaquin Phoenix Joker, it's kind of what they display. The cowboy universe. I think... There's something that I used to teach whenever I was doing counseling. It's rational emotive behavioral therapy. If you look that up right now, and anybody listening could find 10 most common irrational beliefs, 
And I bet you there's at least five of those 10 at some point or continuously follow. Like somebody wrongs you and then your mind has the programming from our universe and our interactions to say, oh, that person wronged me. It's something fundamentally wrong with them and you externalize it and then they become like that outside bad guy. Meanwhile, you could use a counter belief and say, oh, actually that person They might not even be considering my opinion. They might be distracted, but we internalize and be like, oh, they're a bad guy. They're a bad person. And it comes down to a fundamental attribution error. Like that could be that one circumstance that they acted in that way. And they could have just been in a hurry, but we internalize that, turn it into, nope, bad guy, cowboy. And then instantly we're disturbing the outside piece because we have this disturbed inner piece that distracts us and our movie complex just kind of escalates that but i think it also comes down to movie and pornography was a great example but we have this like materialistic like dopamine fueled capitalist drive to gain more accumulate more and then that enslavement pushes us to enslave other people and then we're just like trying to work towards this inevitable rest i want to have an opportunity to sit back rest not do anything meanwhile i believe our innate program is actually to be stewards of our environment. We're built to be smart enough to take care of our lands, take care of our animals, take care of our people. And if you've watched Avatar, I think that's actually fundamentally like right on point. Like whenever they kill an animal for its meat, thank you, thank you, bless you, return you. That's kind of what we're built for. If a rabbit out in the wild, we don't need for food, it breaks its leg, we help that rabbit. And if we can't help it, it's suffering, we put it out, out of its misery. That's our responsibility to take care of things. And I think we're more than capable. And that would lead us to a sense of outer peace. If we all had that same goal in mind, but unfortunately, due to programming, kind of bastardized it a little. We all have the capability of pushing, put capability and responsibility to push each other to get better and to make our world better, more habitable. But we're just like, consume, consume. And there's not enough producers out there that have the right intent, at least by my subject. I'm with you on it all. I watched a movie last night. uh, Maisie, my niece, is over, and uh, she wanted to be on today, but we'll get her on sometime soon. Um, Bring her up for the last last ten minutes. We get up her, have her, have her finish it off. (laughs) She, I asked her what piece was, and she crushed it, man. It was awesome. It was so cute. But I watched a movie with her, and it's Raya the Last Dragon. It's a Disney movie, and just fascinating how literally i watched this last night and it kept me up like i was up to about probably two o'clock i was watching that uh, maybe about 1 30 but anywho and the whole thing about it was there was this land called kumandra all these different tribes all lived in peace and took care of each other and and whatnot and there was dragons that overlooked the whole lands they basically were the protectors they brought the stuff one dragon had the capabilities of rising the oceans the other had the capabilities of bringing the rain the other one had they all had different magical powers that almost like a good amount of them looked like the different pieces of nature and how it was so interesting the whole concept of the movie because what what it all started as was there was a darkness that tried to take over the world and the dragons tried to fight off this darkness for so long and this darkness would essentially like if it came over top of you it would just turn you to stone and there's probably some symbolism to that but it was just it was so cool 
Like the darkness came, the dragons all were trying to fight it. They were all down to the last dragons, and you don't find out this piece of the puzzle until later on. But they start you out by just saying like Sisu, which was they claim that Sisu made the dragon gem, and that was the last of the power. She did everything. She was the last dragon. She was the most amazing. And she basically banished off all the darkness, locked it away, and brought everyone back to life. You don't find out until Ba, which tries to bring all of the tribes together, because when everyone was done, there's, there's Talon, there's Fang, there's Spine, and there's Tail, and then there's Heart. And heart is the one where the gemstone is. It's kind of interesting. Like, you should always lead with your heart and in love. And they, basically, this girl comes in and she, like, she, she deceives Raya, befriends her. And then Raya's like, I'll go show you the gemstone because we're both dragon nerds. And as soon as she let her in there, she backstabbed her and she tried to steal, she tried to steal it. So it was literally programming you to not trust people and like throughout the throughout the six years of like the gemstone broke in the process all the tribes got one piece of the of the gemstone to be able to protect themselves and because the darkness did not like the gemstone if you held the gemstone up to it it would it would run away and it also didn't like water can't move through water so raya is going on this journey down all of the rivers to try to find the last dragon, which was Sisu. But you come to find out that Sisu's five siblings invoked the trust onto her. They all put their magical powers into an orb and gave it to her to then release because each of them couldn't do it themselves. They all trusted her. And you come to find out that she's just a really good swimmer. But she also can like raise and lower lower the oceans. But that comes at a later point. Like she learns her true power and whatnot. But she just is like, uh, whenever Raya meets her, she's like, "So what are what are your powers?" And she's like, "I'm a really good swimmer." And you're, she's like, "What? I'm a really good swimmer. Like backstroke. You know, I could do it all. Like I'm just a really good swimmer." And she's like, "What? Like this is the last dragon?" And you come to find out, like I said, that her siblings invoked that trust onto her that she could basically save everybody. And she comes back, but everyone else doesn't. So the journey that Raya and her are going on is to put the gemstones back together. But that girl that deceived Raya is the person who they have to get basically the last gemstone from. And the darkness completely comes over everyone. And Raya gets the four people who she had or the three people who she was with the group that they all had the gemstone pieces she gets all of them to basically pass over their gemstone pieces to the bad girl and she trusts her because that was what sisu basically was teaching her the only way that we can be in this world of peace is to walk in trust in each other and that's where this spiritual battle of not trusting each other is so wild but it it also like it leads you to believe that like with the dragons in themselves like at the end all the dragons come back and prosperity is back over top of all the land but those dragons are such a magical like mystical like strength 
two of them that you're like, okay, hold up. So is the concept that we just have to trust each other? Now I get that. Understood that. Now are the dragons like our spiritual selves that our spiritual selves are so powerful to no end that once we tap into our spiritual selves, each of us, that we could easily have peace on earth because now we literally have this magical power that's like protecting us from the other side or from something. But it's like, that's where I was having such a hard time, like really tying it back together into the actual like world peace because, okay, cool. We got six tribes that are all now going to live in prosperity. But why are they living in prosperity? Because there's literally these magical dragons who are protecting everybody. So that all almost made me feel like the people who are holding or wielding the most amount of power here have to have that sense of they're trying to take care of people or be there for people. But then that leads into some really other like segues of like, okay, now I'm king. What do you want me to do for you people? I have all this power, all this influence. What do you want me to do for you people? And they're like, I don't know. What are you going to do for us? Now you're trying to make decisions for all these, all these people. And I just feel like that is such a hard task to do. Like, I don't even know how you really fathom having that type of responsibility. You know? Okay, I have all this power. I have all this influence. Now what am I going to do with it? Oh, shit. Why did I do this to myself? Why, why did I try to go change the world? Like, the only way I'm going to really change the world is, okay, yeah, now I go show people how to unlock themselves the way that maybe I did. The way that I have or not. Not me personally. I'm just saying that person who's in that position. You know, so it... I, I just tying that whole thing back into connecting with nature, connecting with your higher self, connecting with each other as a collective was a fascinating, fascinating, like grade school movie. You know, it was just mind blowing. And I think Disney does that a lot of times. They show you a lot of good stuff, but they also like, for instance, like that whole movie, like the entire time, was about not trusting each other. So 80% of that movie was about not trusting each other. So if I give you a if I gave you 80% of a movie that was not trusting each other and 20% of a movie that is trusting each other, what's your mind going to be programmed to remember? I believe it's whatever you finish with. I mean, I do agree with whatever you finish with, but I'm also just sitting there thinking like if we go back to a topic that you said at one, or on one point in time of like your brain at night basically taking pictures of your scenario, well, the majority of the story that was given to you was don't trust each other. This amount was trust each other. So yes, I'm definitely with you on what was the last piece. Like you're going to remember the end of the movie for sure. But subconsciously. Wouldn't you think that there's a strong possibility that that 80% outweighs the 20? Like it projects that there is going to be a battle, which is bad to an extent. 
that there's going to be a fight. By prepping you, telling you this is human nature, there's going to be an inevitable fight. Which will cause, not cause, it'll lead to a fight. Like, oh, this is human nature. We're built to not trust each other. Exactly what you're saying. We're built to not trust each other. And then some people might be like, but there's an end to that. And then other people will be like, nope, we're, we're built to fight. Oh, without a doubt. I think I mean, the trust thing's hard, though, too, because I think it's like a very primal instinct to not trust, I think. Like, I think the lack of trust is very, like, maybe, like, you know, food and resource-oriented and, like, you know, like, I, I think that's something where, like, you do have to have a, a higher expectation of yourself to and also a, an understanding of, of trusting yourself first i think you have to have a a, a relationship with yourself and, and and then that you trust what you bring to the table and are capable of and who you are to then be able to trust other people as well and i think that's also a battle for a lot of folks because there there's a, there's not a, a healthy relationship with with people and and, the, and who they are and and i think that makes it hard for you to even begin to try to have a relationship with trusting other people like it, it makes you very vulnerable and and if you don't have a good relationship with yourself then it's it's damn near impossible like my you know my tendency that i i try to strive for would be like you know i look at every person you know as a blank sheet like if i don't know you like i assume good until told otherwise like i assume there's and that's how you should in my opinion look at it as like you should see the good in people and there should be a a, a reason to trust until proven otherwise and like yeah. that's that i mean that is what makes it hard because like yes you do have to have trust in others and expect the the same back from you like there should be like a a, a foundation a basis of like these are like the 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 rights that someone earns is just a person and not to say like you're taking away those rights as you get to know them but like you know if you like you burn your hand on a stove it's hard to go back and touch the stove again you know and like i think that's what makes it hard is like you know yes you should have trust in other people but you know when certain situations arise and like then like that programming of just going through your life not like you know outside forces but what you come to realize through experience it makes it hard when you get burned on something to go back and trust in that again. And and you have to have a really, really high level relationship with yourself and, and trust in, you know, what's best for you to, to go back to that. Well, after getting burnt. Yeah. Holy jeepers, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, I personally, I would think I would be fascinated to see a study done of pull a million people together and find out what is the percentage of people who write in a journal or when they're driving to work, they listen to like classical music or like lo-fi and just talk to themselves instead of jamming to the radio or listening to Mikey and big Bob, which shout out to those boys. They're hilarious. Um, and nothing against their show at all, but you know, just information, just, just clouding, clouding, your clouding your thoughts. Like as you could potentially be like, look, we all really know how to drive now. You, how many times have you driven from somewhere to another place? And you're like, wait, I don't even remember which way I went, you know? Oh crap. Did I, did I go on Corgan or did I go on uh Bethel church? 
you know like you, you just sit there and you go wait i really have to replay like the drive that i just took so it's just that right there so easy to like be distracted but i would be fascinated to find out what is the demographic or percentage of the people who are in our reality right now who either journal talk to themselves meditate which talking to yourselves is the inner work that and then i'd be very interested to see how many people are actually now that they've done that kind of stuff making progress you know or seeing the changes in themselves right. or the people around themselves because like some of my tips for potentially starting to move down that road would be you know i would say ice baths and saunas because to me that's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable now you don't have to do an ice bath because i truly i right now feel that you crank your shower, and I'm talking all the way to cold. I'm not talking lukewarm. I'm not talking this. I'm talking where you pop the shower to where it's just open. You crank that thing to cold. It is so much, to me, it is so much more difficult than doing an ice bath. I hate and, it every single time. And the I do three it. of us have done ice baths. I do I do the, the cold shower. I try to at least end with a cold shower, if not do the whole cold shower. So at least try to end with like rinsing my body cold. And let it sit for a minute. And every single time I do it, I feel like my body tense up in anticipation. Like it, dude. I'm like, uh, and it's like, I think that's something that you make an incredible point on is like, if you asked what the perception of inner peace was at the beginning of the episode, it might have just changed because, you know, my answer was a lack of certain things equals peace. But I think the discipline in the, the 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 drive to understand that those things are never going to go away but your perception of how you deal with them is going to change how you ultimately sit you know as, as who you are like you're going to be in uncomfortable situations that doesn't change the the peace factor it's it's how you react and and how you perceive and being comfortable with being in those situations and not like you know when I feel myself tensing up, knowing that like, Hey, I'm, I'm, you just stay in the pocket. Like, you know, the, the best quarterbacks are like, you know, the Peyton Manning type who like, no matter where the pressure is coming from, you got a fucking 300 pound defensive end on your blind side. And you got to, it does, it tells you a lot about this whole conversation, dude. Like, like the trust in your guy, you got that left tackle on the outside. Peyton got to step up in the pocket and just trust in the dudes behind him. And just as cool as a cucumber, look for a guy to throw the ball to. But like that, that was like something where I think is important too, because like you're going to be in those situations, but the way you perceive it, you can stay in the pocket, you know, make sure that like you're comfortable with, with where you are and, and having like, you know, those situations where it's the cold shower or the, the, the sauna, I think gives you that idea of like, you know, how you can train yourself to react in certain situations that aren't comfortable. I think that's what prepares you for when you're that person who's in that Yukon. Yeah. That prepares you for the fight or flight. Yeah. And we're so programmed on the flight. We're so programmed on the fear right. of just running from the situation that when you are someone who's like, this is an uncomfortable ass situation. Holy crap. Nah. 
I got this shit. Yeah. And you're now able to fight because you're able to keep all your emotions in tune and you're able to go, nope, I, all these people are, and which that's, that's flat. I'm not taking anything away from that. That's an emotion. But it's, it's, it's having a relationship with yourself and understanding like, you know, like that, like that carrying factor of love is like, is the biggest thing of like taking like, yeah, that's the most traumatizing shit I could ever imagine experiencing. Don't get me wrong. But I think the thought process there is like still having that wherewithal to be present in the moment. Like, like dude, like last week, it's not the same thing, but like, you know how my apartment's set up in the back, there's the lot and the beer distributor. And um, my boy, he works at the beer distributor. I'm sitting there. It's like Tuesday before soccer, maybe dude, I'm in my underwear watching uh, guardians of the galaxy (laughs) on my TV waiting for soccer. And I hear like yelling and it's the North side. So there's always yelling. But it doesn't stop and I eventually stand up and there's my older, smaller gentleman in a freaking like fist of cup battle with a guy trying to steal beer right outside my door. And like, you, you know, I'm not here to, you know, blow smoke up my ass either. But like, it was like a conscious decision. Like, that's someone like I care about. He always asks who I am, you know, how I'm doing, how my girlfriend's doing, everything. He's, he's the nicest guy. And like, I've never put pants and a shirt on quicker in my life because I just like I don't care like I don't know what's going on but I see someone that I know in danger and like I'm not gonna sit around and, and wait to figure out what's gonna happen right. you know like you don't know someone trying to steal beer like even if he just takes full beer cans and smacks him in the fucking head like you're gonna lead to damage so like yeah I was right around there and drop kick that motherfucker thankfully he can take care of himself and he pulled a knife out on the guy and he ran away yeah. but you know like it is that that decision of like you know, wanting to be there and like not putting yourself as the first and foremost, you know, an important factor in, in your life. And that's hard because you do, you have to, but like you also in turn learn that there's, there's more than that. And there's more important things than that too. I think there's a really good example to illustrate that of something that happened, not as dramatic, very subtle, but I guarantee it's going to happen to probably a hundred thousand people this week upcoming week something similar to what i ran into um i want to say it was wednesday or thursday i've been trying to develop my brain like a few relationships my brain to body and brain to mind like take the analytical and then kind of break down to the mind to understand where i'm at and increase my self-awareness but then also listen to my body and treat it like its own brain because it is and uh it's funny because i picked up trisha and I ended up, I was listening to jazz music, similar to what you're talking about. The whole reason I listened to like some, it's like tenor saxophone or something like that. I was listening to jazz music, trying to just flush the cortisol out of my system and intending to go on a walk. It was raining and it was about to slow down on the rain. I'm going about like probably two miles above the speed limit. And this guy in this red Ford Explorer He looked like he might have been undercover based on the antenna that was above. But he was in such a rush. And he was on top of me, like, behind me. And there's not room for, like, even, like, a half a car length. And I'm just like, why? What's the huge hurry, man? Like, I understand if you're going to be late, but it's raining. You are barely avoiding crashing into me. And I know that he doesn't realize this. He just thinks, I'm super comfortable. I'm in this automatic autopilot driving down the same route I always drive. Why is this car in front of me going so slow? Meanwhile, two miles over the speed limit. And I just put on my hazard lights. I'm like, dude, you're not going to intimidate me. I have 
peace of mind right now. I'm listening to jazz music. I am driving in bad weather, but I am continuing to not let this person affect me. So then what I did was, uh, after I had my flashes on, I'm like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm going to pull over. Pull over to the side, and the guy's still riding my ass, just about hits me, and then lays on the horn as he drives by. Quarter mile up the road, what does he have to do? He has to turn, make a right. He right stops. I'm right behind him. He stops, and he sits there for like 15 seconds, going like less than a mile per hour. I'm just like... I have peace of mind at this point. I'm just laughing. I'm like, you realize you're probably late. This is more important to get back at me for driving consciously instead of unconsciously. And you're going to make yourself later. And I just laughed. But then the part that's really interesting, the guy who's trying to make a left across from him actually probably is in a decent hurry. But he's driving responsibly. I'm driving responsibly. And this jackass is actually causing that person to be late. And I'm like, Here's me unfazed. Here is, I'm stepping outside of that cowboy relationship. Jabroni number one. Yeah, jabroni number one (laughs) just caused this other guy who has nothing to do with it. This cycle of cortisol, stressed, over-caffeinated. I mean, I'm over-caffeinated, but I try to regulate it. But this lack of releasing the cortisol just perpetuates the cycle. When this guy say that if he was working on himself, taking his time, trying to anticipate the rain, trying to anticipate other drivers, being more conscious of the process of driving, he probably would have been like, you know what? Me being in a hurry is not worth getting in an accident because if I rear-end this guy, it's my fault no matter what. And I'm like, hey, I'm prepared for you to be a bad driver. I'm sitting here working on myself, and this guy did not phase me. I laughed about it. I still laugh about it because I'm like, you can't help but think, why would you be in such a hurry? But then those 10 seconds of getting back at me matter that much. Meanwhile, like, I'm like, man, you're not going to phase me, man. I'm on a path right now. My whole goal is to get to the Montour Trail, take a walk in the rain with my fiance. Yeah. That is my whole goal right now. So it's funny how we just get caught in that cycle. Responsibility to take care of ourselves, to act in the right way, to be prepared for those moments, as big or small they are. Yeah. Oh man, I dealt with those. Uh, I those situations right there. I've been dealing with for the last year and a half now, of just crazy drivers. And like, don't get me wrong, I was a douche dick driver for a very long time. I was the guy who. I, lo- I love driving fast. I love getting to where I'm going. And I always felt like I was in a hurry. I had the wrong mindset. And nowadays, I don't have that mindset. Might also be because of where I work now. Might also be because of other reasons and other things that I've been working on. Or might have put into my life or my reality. But no, man. I tell Anastasia stories like that on a regular basis. And, she, and her response back to me is, how'd you antagonize it? Did you antagonize? You antagonized. <laughs> what did you do to cause that person to act? Nothing. That way? I've done nothing wrong. Because I, I because <laughs> I, I know, but I used I've to done be that person. Wrong. I used to be that person. But it's it's not about person. the car, dude. It's never the car. It's never the situation in driving. It's because you're fucking pissed off. 
because your wife's making meatloaf tonight and you hate when she makes meatloaf and like the job sucks and Stu got the fucking promotion and you didn't and now you're driving to go pick up the shithead kid from basketball because the wife got to make the meatloaf that you're not excited to eat and you're not going to get the job you wanted and now Brandon's driving two miles over the speed limit and you just want to get home and beat your fucking dick. You picked that out. I'm sorry. But <laughs> but what it is is like it, it is. It's a build up of of I matter more than that. Person. I matter my yeah and then, and, and you're but you're looking for a release of that that vile looking vomit that that shrew that comes like there's there's a release of negative energy inside you and it, it needs a way out you need to get it out because you both can look at me right now and i know the answer when you when there's a buildup of of rage or whatever it is and you let it go every single person says it feels better after you let that out and like oh man i okay i feel horrible about that but there's like there's a, there's maybe not better i think you you, you get a different perception as you get older but like when there is a release there is a a lot of the time when you get a better relationship with it i think there's an apology like if i like if i'm like i blow up on like my girlfriend like i had a hard day and she says something she picks at me i'm like jesus would you you know you let that out or like if uh you know i used to be younger play xbox and something happened i freaking throw a <laughs> controller or something there is like a like a sense of like it's the backpack that you've been carrying yeah you finally got to take that backpack off. Right. You don't know who you hurt in the process right. of taking that backpack off, that baggage that you were yeah. carrying. But then you sit and you just go, who the fuck did I just hurt in that right. process? And that's, the, and that's the horrible thing is because like, and that's the, that's the difference of like finding that, that balance of like, yes, you do need to get that negative, you know, tone out of your body in some form. And like some people, again, like that buildup of like this guy having a hard day and then just deciding to be a dick to you on the road. Like I've had that, dude. I was driving across the, the 16th Street Bridge like over the summer last year, dude, to the point where someone, the guy was so mad. He was with one hand driving, reaches out and starts punching my car as we're driving across the bridge because he was so mad about whatever i did i'll be honest i have no clue what i did but he was not happy he's punching my car. i'm laughing i'm like you're his wife's in the car is like you look so dumb right now yeah. like i told him i was like what are you doing yeah and he kind of like he kind of like you, you could see him like come to like what the fuck am i doing like and I, I just think it's like it's so hard because like that's the easy way out is like you have this buildup of all this stuff in your life and it, and it sucks and everyone deals with it and like that's like the peace thing is like you know making putting yourself in uncomfortable situations like they're always going to be there it's just how you're going to react to it and and making sure you're you're in a place where your perception is is healthy and not like you know I, i've do, i've gotten better like i think my brother driving down the, you know i was driving down the road with my brother last year or something like that around christmas and i got cut off and like i just like slammed on the brake and didn't say a word and then the guy just went on about his way my brother went wow Dude, you used to like lose your fucking mind. I'm like, yeah, and like I probably still will sometimes, but it's it's through the reps, man. It's whatever it is. I think you know most people are focused on the destination of anything, and like that's why like the short term gratification culture is so big. I think people like want to get to a destination. Like that's like you know it's like a reward system. Like I want I want to achieve. I want to, or not, and whatever it is. Even if you're just looking at Instagram videos, like ten seconds. Oh. It, beginning end beginning end beginning end and like there's like this idea of like what's on the end but realistically like there's nothing 
but the journey. There is no end. There's no end to anything. There's no really defining end to anything at all. Time is not really time is just something that we use to schedule a freaking dinner for you know like time time doesn't matter the sun goes up sun goes down you're here it doesn't really matter when you're here doesn't matter when you leave doesn't matter when you really accomplish things what, what are you gonna accomplish like yeah, there's goals and those goals are to get you to continue to elevate yourself but those goals don't mean that when you get there it's over it's never over nothing's yeah. ever so so all you actually have is the journey so this guy is so worried about being in his car and getting to wherever the hell he's going. And when he gets there, it's like he's not going to be any happier. You know, like what do you story still wild. Dude. It's crazy. I'm sorry. I'm over here. No, but, but it's a good example. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, the guy punching the car is hilarious, dude. He was out his window driving. His wife is looking and he is punching my car. Like, you know how close. I mean, it's tight corners on that bridge. But, dude, he's reaching out, punching. I'm, and I'm laughing at him. But. I mean, I think, I think, but it's like the driving thing, man. It's like, like if you're so caught up in the destination, then like you're not ever going to feel fulfilled. Like there's no fulfillment in the destination at all. It's like, you know, I can't wait for this day to be over. You can't wait. Oh, work. Can't wait for work to end. Well, like, dude, you got to get back there like 12 hours after you leave. So like, you should not, if that, if you feel like that way more than like twice a month, you probably need a fucking new job. If you're in there like every day, every it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're just, oh, I can't wait for this day to end, you're probably not doing what you need to be doing with your life. And like, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. Strongly guilty of it. Yeah. But like, I, I think that's what it is. Is like, you know, so many people are like focused on whatever you perceive your destination to be that you don't realize like the only thing that matters is the journey. Like, you're not getting anywhere. The the only place you're going is in the fucking ground. That's where you're going. And once you realize that, then you start realizing like, hey, maybe I should enjoy the fucking party while I'm here. And that makes it a little easier, I think, to deal with things and, and be able to slow down and not lose your fucking mind because you realize it's not the car. It's not the driving. It's just driving is such a, a way to, to get things out of your system and, and, and to you know, put negative energy out there because no one really cares. I don't think the, the driving thing is like something where like, oh, there's animosity because this guy cut me off. Like, yes, a little bit, but that guy cut you off probably because he's pissed because he's doing something else or in a hurry or, you know, he's getting dragged around or he has to be at work and he's late and he slept in and he's hungover or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's that there, there's a lot to be learned from from the driving aspect for sure about your relationship and trust in, in, in peace. One thing to add to that, too, just as a mind-blowing concept, because this resurfaces every once in a while, it's like one-sentence concept, but to be more mindful of the driving process, like it's one, it's an act to keep for life, it's just to be more conscious of everything, like you're saying. Two, I become so much more grateful for driving and general transportation, because we all think that time traveling is impossible, but it's kind of right under our nose. This is like a, kind of a very abstract idea. But we are literally traveling into the past because we've saved that much time. Because yeah. we are expanding the amount of time that we could travel forward and we're saving that amount of time. Say that you're walking, it could take you about an hour to walk somewhere that you can get to in 10 minutes. So imagine it's 6 o'clock, you would have got there at 7 o'clock, but you're 
actually getting there at 610 because right. you're in the car. So you're essentially, we're all driving these and we're missing the beauty of it. Like, oh my gosh, I'm in such a hurry instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I just saved 50 minutes of my life. Thank no. you. Thank you. This is, this is great. No, that is a, such a beautiful way to look yeah. at it, dude. You take it for granted. Yeah. You really do. I think we're all taking so many things like that for granted. Just the fact, I think you kind of highlight subtly to Derek and I to make sure we appreciate these things more, but being out in nature, uh, Praskovich, he just mentioned to me, listen to the birds. Um, actually, we were both sitting down. He was like, hey, guys, I think one of the best things that life advice that I have for everyone sitting here is just sit down and listen to the birds, man. And it almost... It is incepting me more and more. I have birds right outside of my door. And I go out on the patio every once in a while. And I'm like, this is fantastic. So yeah. probably the best part of my morning, other than the cold shower. Um, and coffee. Um, but the best, one of the best parts of my morning is when I get in my car. I try to give myself. I'm rushing. I try to salvage every minute I can. But that's one of the best parts whenever I have a few extra seconds just to stop before I open that door. Majestic. I'm just looking at the trees in my backyard, and then I'm like, okay, now I've had that moment. I can move forward. Heck yeah. No, that is. You stunned me there for a second. That's a amazing way to look at it, man. You know, I I would then. Leads me in to ask the question as kind of a finale. And then I do have one little thing that I wrote at the end that I'll probably just read verbatim. But is this a utopian idea, man? Is this peace on earth a utopian idea? Because to me right now, I believe that peace on my or peace of mind, anybody can achieve that. Anybody can achieve that. Even walking through this distraction-filled world and this ne or negativity or constantly being bombarded with stuff like a mass shooting, I think you can still have peace of mind. But to me right now, with what I've seen, I don't think peace on earth is a possibility. Because I'm starting to feel like being here in this third dimension, if we can calculate with quantum mechanics quantum physics quantum math that there are like multiple more dimensions past this 13 plus that we're here in the third man what's the fourth what's the fifth like what's the sixth what's the seventh like is there a version of me in all of those so like am i here on this dimensional plane just to learn how to love and understand and have compassion so that I can get to the next level and learn my next lesson and then maybe get to my next level and learn the next lesson as I continue working up to my highest self, which for me, my personally, my highest self would be arguably being completely connected back to the source, which is our one collectiveness. So taking yourself all the way to essentially 
like the idea of like being the sun, which is ultimately giving the life and the energy to the entire rest of everything below it. So that woo woo aside, you guys, what what are your takes? You know, I like for me, I believe peace on earth would be every single person not wanting to inflict harm on each other. That's kind of just like, kind of like the broad spectrum to me and i think the reason why i say this is because i don't know if you guys are aware of this or not but or i might have talked to you guys about this before but it's called the antarctic treaty and the antarctic treaty was signed in 1959 and that was signed at that point in time by the major world leaders so the, the Russia, Russia's, the, the USA, the, the China, China and whatnot. That was all signed by the, the highest world powers at that point in time. That no one is allowed to militarize Antarctica. You're not allowed to set up any military bases down there. You're allowed to, that that is fully for research and that is fully for like advancement of our society. And you're allowed to, if you go down there and set up a research base, you're allowed to have a small troop to be able to protect your people, like from whatever we're finding out there, you know, mythological beasts or frozen massive yetis, who knows. You're allowed to have a small, small troop set up to basically protect your scientists, but you're not allowed to have a military like, you're not allowed to have a Navy down there. You're not allowed to have, like, that kind of stuff. So to me, at this point in time now, almost every single country is now signed to that treaty. And they meet on a regular basis. There's a website. You can look it up. You can look. You can see all their meeting notes for every single quarter when they get together. You can see everything they fucking talked about. So if all of our damn governments can come together and agree that... We're not allowed to beat each other up to control Antarctica. Then this whole charade of everything going on on or here, to me, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, peace isn't good for business. So I ask you, gentlemen, what's your take? Utopian idea? Completely capable? Do we need to take out some dark, evil, potential... You know, I think some kind of organization that's been kind of connected and running a lot of the stuff in the world. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, if you if you you know attend to the idea that we're not the only sentient beings in the universe, which it seems damn near impossible that that's the case. I would think we're probably on the less developed, lower level type sentient being so i just don't think the way we are currently structured both in a societal fashion and just where we are evolutionarily i i just don't think that's even a conversation to be had like there's no 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 absolutely not there's no chance for peace on earth the way we sit here today absolutely not there's no way it just just the way i think we're wired I think you know, people can have that, you know, conversation with themselves, but like 
it's just like it's I, I just don't see it as like the where we sit in 2023 right now I don't think that's that's a feasible idea but I think like the small steps in your perception and in, in understanding like and like you know it's like the news of propaganda and the and the push of for war and in the um uh you know the the war-based uh fashion of of our of our what do they call what, what did jfk talk about the, the industrial and in, industrial war complex whatever the hell it is like the um the the idea that like war you, is very profitable yeah war war it's war it's not war like it used to be where like oh we're you know this is a power struggle or something like the war is usually because of resources or money at this economic point. it's economically based for sure so and it you know the 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 idea that like that's there and like that you know there's always booms during a big war there's always like you know it it it's it's good for business war is good for business and just the way we're built on you know being a, a very underdeveloped society we're very new on the evolutionary chain and I, I just don't think it's it's an idea that makes a ton of sense i think we're we're too early on in our stages and I think it is a little dystopian to assume that peace on earth is is something that you even want. Like what a like I don't even know if anyone could even really give me a breakdown on what a peaceful, a one hundred percent peaceful society would even look like. I don't even I don't like I it, it seems like it might potentially become boring. Well yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And I, I think that it's just something where like no there's all there's always you know? yeah, there's always going to be struggle like i don't know dude like like john lennon's imagine like like it's like like it gives you a good breakdown of that like that that you know utopian idea but that song kind of has some like kind of creepy vibes like like imagine all the people like living for today that's great that's that's a beautiful message but like you know no war no hunger no anything and like yes but like that I, I don't know. I'm not saying those aren't things we should try to fix, but there is like an eerie feeling to the idea of it too. It just doesn't seem like that's what it's supposed to be. There's no conflict. No one wants to watch a movie where there's no conflict. Like, you know what I mean? Like what what Titty tell go ahead and lay out a plot for a good movie about peace on earth. Boring. Yeah, okay, well you whatever. Yeah. No, no, it's the truth. There isn't. Like it's not that's just I'm not saying that like peace is boring and that's why we shouldn't strive for it. It's just that like I just don't think the the collective seven billion and growing are ever going to get to a point where like that's perceived as, you know, what's best for the the the, the good of the order. Um for multiple reasons. But you know, and and you can sit there and, and talk about, yo, know, you have that battle with yourself and you try to strive to, to find the, the, the inner peace in yourself and that's great and that's what everyone should do but there are people that are just never going to have that conversation with themselves and while those people are still out there you know we can have our perception and we can change the way we look at things but it's very uh it's very short-sighted to think that every single person is going to want to have that same conversation with themselves also that every single person would want that you know that concept yeah. that we were talking about of now i have all the power now i have all the influence okay this is this is how we're all gonna live right and one person not going this kind of sucks yeah 
I haven't watched The Giver yet. Did you, have you, you read the book? We read the book together. Oh, you read the book together. Yeah, we read the book in eighth Okay, because that popped up like right after Raya was done. That popped up yeah. as a suggestion on Disney, and I was just like, "Oh, it's I love the story. I don't know if the movie. I don't know if the movie is any good, but I know the book was great." The, I feel like from reading the book and watching the movie, they do go pretty well hand in hand. Okay, it's been years since I read it though. Yeah. I was like, it's 1.30, and I feel like this movie is definitely going to be great to talk about with this topic. But I was like, I am getting some sleep before the boys come over. I am not staying up till 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Worth watching, for sure, particularly what we're talking about. So, Mad Dog, what's your, what's your take on the utopian, utopian idea? I think... Uh, I want to not go down the rabbit hole, but just glaze over it real quick. The concept that Derek made about sentient beings, about them being higher than we are. And I really like whenever you said that, I had the idea. What if they came by and they're just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I haven't watched the movie. Nope. Maybe that's kind of similar to, I don't know what their concept is. I know there's something with maybe aliens or whatnot, but you know, I'll just glaze over the fact. What if they came by? They just caught a glimpse of everything, and then they said, nope. There's a very good example. I think it's Tales of the Crypt, where, spoiler alert for this specific episode, but there's an astronaut, and he is uh, he's out there with other astronauts, I believe. And there's this one guy who is secretly an alien ambassador. He figures out that that's an alien, and he kills it. What happens next? A sentient alien is like, hey, um, basically, my name's John. I'm a sentient alien. Where's Bob? Shit. <laughs> and he's like, you killed Bob? That was the test. You failed. Yep. You're going to live, but your planet dies. And he has to sit there and he watches the Earth explode. And it's like, boom. That is mind-blowing to think about that because he couldn't trust Bob or even have the awareness to be like, oh, tribalism to what we're talking about, outside group versus cowboy mentality. I don't feel safe. I feel threatened. My baggage, my insecurity just destroyed the earth. And that's the ultimate threat is Pandora's box of baggage. As soon as we try to like fix and reconcile our own baggage, we do that on a universal scale enough. If we, questions we had a glaze over about social media movie stuff we have enough influences to like kind of work against that train then we could potentially be working towards our best revision of world peace which i think the utopian idea needs to be under constant revision because we always have something some goal to progress to towards that's just the way that we're programmed and if we don't constantly revise it constantly work on ourselves and have this mentality, this cooperative mentality of always be at threat. And the last point I'll make on that is that concept of the boring movies is something I mentioned. As soon as I found out about this topic, I think Nichols' exact words were like, do you, like, do you think about, think world peace is possible? And I mentioned the story of the monkey's paw and how that was related. The monkey's paw... I won't explain it. Whoever's listening, just look it up. Um, in the X-Files, it's represented that 
whenever you make a wish for something, often it's bastardized. In the Monkey's Paw X-Files episode, he makes a wish to have peace on Earth. Boom, there's peace on Earth. You're the last man on Earth. You got it. You got what you wished for. And um, I think one of my notes was that in order to have peace on Earth, you need either cooperation cooperation or isolation, one or the other. And it often comes down to it. And I think I was laughing internally when you asked, is there any movies like that? I'm like, I'll wait to mention the X-Files. But yeah, peace on Earth, wishes for yeah. it. He gets it. Well, it's like, like the, uh, the Twilight Zone episode where like the guy wishes to be alone with all the books in the world and he has glasses. And at the end of the episode, he steps on his glasses. He's the last person on earth, all the books and all the time to read them, and he breaks his glasses. <laughs> but I think it's funny too. You mentioned like the uh, like the set of beings traveling here and seeing seeing our civilization and going like ah, uh-uh. like we kind of do that already, like with developed and underdeveloped, you know, uh, societies like on Earth, like. Yeah, like there's like those yeah. islands of like you know like um you know, there's some real indigenous guys who don't right. even know that TVs are a thing right now. Right, but like you're not going there anytime soon. No, because they're cannibals. Yeah, I get it. But, no, but, I'm, but that's right, ex- right, right, right. yeah, but that's yeah. exactly the point because like if if we can see it on our planet come to fruition of like hey like that that you know um, that tribe is on a, a lower playing field of like cannibalistic you know ideas and not as developed you know like well that's what the norm is to them like you know we're not going to go and 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 you know try to join that tribe yeah, anytime soon jungle, jungle to jungle right yes. yeah no it's the same thing as like you know if like you know there was an outside you know being that came here and saw how disgusting our society is they'd probably go wow like all right we'll come back in ten thousand years maybe well uh, tucker just went viral this on the full send podcast talking about how literally um it is john tucker right the dude from yeah. fox or uh, tucker carlson tucker carlson he just went viral on the full send well he just got he just got caught from fox news and now that dude's just gonna freaking light the world on fire yeah, he's literally sharing all the information now. yeah all the it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because people have very strong ideas of him and i'm not i'm not like a huge fan of him but i think it will be interesting to see now that he's off fox news like the dude obviously has a has the gift of gab and like he, he's an engaging person to listen to that's why he is on fox news for so fucking long yeah he, he gets you hooked but like it's gonna be interesting to see you know what actually comes out of him given his stature and 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 you know the 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 shit he was a part of for a while there well he just uh, on the full send podcast he just literally dropped the dropped all this knowledge that he supposedly knows about how there has been so many occurrences of ufos uh, literally attacking situations where our nuclear weapons are yeah. And wow. literally going in and, like, they'll basically fly over top and just EMP, and EMP a situation like that, and all the nuclear weapons just go down. Yeah. And that's recorded. That's been being recorded since Roswell, since nuclear, since we first used nuclear weapons on ourselves. So there are also there's also this concept, and I don't know what the the ideology or whatever the theory, whatever it is called but we technically live on a type one planet and there are five types of planets and when you get to a type five planet 
You're almost like a situation like an avatar. You're living one with everything. One with the earth, one with nature, one with yourself, one with your whole concept. Like you're you have now basically created your everlasting cycle on loop of being able to reproduce, move on, reproduce, move on, and just exist. Whereas we live on a planet that is a is a type one. We're not even we're not even cooperating together. Yeah. Like the different levels are like complete chaos, you know, understanding, knowledge, like cooperation, and then like full, like full, we got this shit. We can take care of ourselves. We can take care of each other. Uh, basically stemming off of what you were saying a little bit earlier. Um, so yeah, I think there is going to be a lot of stuff. Then I think the information is going to ramp up exponentially over the next couple years. Now, I think there's also going to be an exponential ramp up of misinformation. And that's not me being someone who's being a skeptic or wanting to like think negatively. But I think that, you know, for instance, like, you know, the TikTok situation is a very interesting one. Like, and you can do it yourself. You go on Instagram, you type in France, you see a bunch of pictures of the Alps. Go on TikTok, you type in France, you see all the protesting that's going on. You see all the stuff that's happening. You see that other people, you know, and that's where my point of it takes that first person to take the step. And then everyone files in behind it. So what do our potential world governments, what do our potential bad guys not want us to see? someone finally taking the first step they want to block that information i just got a notification on tiktok when i opened it the other day that they're changing like it's now like tiktok usa versus like tiktok china some shit like that that they're changing their whole like terms and conditions and whatnot you have to agree to it to be able to continue using tiktok and yeah there's still like i agreed to it just to see what would happen like what kind of information would come up and whatnot I'm still getting all the interesting things of like, dude, video I saw yesterday, which is fascinating, and Anastasia and I are going to try to make it. It's an everlasting candle. You never have to buy a candle ever again. All you have to do is buy, all you have to do is have like vegetable oil. And we can't really technically eat vegetable oil. We, sh we shouldn't. So you got to use that shit for something. So... It's a candle that's got like a salt solution at the bottom of it. It's got water. And then you just put a little bit of oil on the top of it. And you put cloves and limes and like different stuff in the water. And that basically stays always because you're always burning it and whatnot. And uh, your house smells amazing. The cloves fight off all the insects. And all you have to do is you have that much oil like in a mason jar at the top of it. And you just have to, when the oil's starting to get down to the water, you just put a little bit more oil in there, and you got an everlasting candle. I was like, shit, man. Like, the stuff that I see on TikTok is so interesting and cool. Like, that's why I really like TikTok, because I, I've learned a lot of shit. I've learned a lot of stuff about farming. I've learned a lot of stuff about all kind of different interesting things. Sure, there's a bunch of people who are trying to, like, sell the doom and gloom on there, too, but... That's where the discernment and the awareness comes with what you're consuming to have your inner peace. You know, I think we had a kick-ass conversation today. 
I think we did really touched on a lot of interesting topics inside of, you know, our overall topic of peace of mind or peace on earth and how they connect and whatnot. And I wrote down a little note that I kind of want to read verbatim because I don't want to mess up this piece, but I wrote down, I said, as this topic was an amazing discussion on such an interesting topic, I feel inclined to share. Does it not seem that peace of mind is really all that you need? If you have peace of mind, then do you really need peace on earth? We can truly only control one thing in this life, even though so many of us try so hard to control so much. And that one thing is our mind and how our mind reacts to the world around us. If you are in control of your mind, then no one can touch you because you cannot be phased by anything that someone throws at you. At this point, what are you? You are always at peace. You are finally free. Hell yeah. So. Fuck yeah. That was our fourth episode and installment of the Dismount Podcast. As always, we got Sour D, Mr. Derek. We got Brandon, a.k.a. the Titmaster. And... (laughs) A.K.A. Titty. And yeah, the goob himself, uh, Zach, over here. And we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for being a part of this. And I really think that you're going to start seeing these full episodes now. Because we are rocking and rolling and grooving. And I think it's about time to potentially start slight cutting these and just putting the whole thing up on YouTube and rocking and rolling. So... Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for chilling with us. And as always, we'll see you next time. Very nice, guys. A lot of really cool shit in there. Yeah, it was. That was a good episode. I love that. Not love that somebody was punching our car, but the concept that this guy.